Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. And we're delighted to bring you short portions of this spoken ministry on today's broadcast. Now, let's join today's life study. In one short passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul uses two striking metaphors that give us a marvelous insight into his understanding of the Christian life, his service to the Lord, and what it means to be a pattern to the believers. Verse 14, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests the savor of the knowledge of him through us in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God in those who are being saved and in those who are perishing. The first metaphor is that of a procession of captured foes. We, who were previously God's enemies, have been captured and subdued by him, and now are following in his victorious procession willingly. The second metaphor is that of incense bearers, those who accompany such a procession, scattering the sweet fragrance of Christ, a fragrance that affects all who come in contact with it. May we all be such ones, captured, subdued, and led by him, and now those who even scatter his very fragrance. Francis Ball has joined us. Marvelously rich message. Those are not idle words. I think they fit well today, don't they, Francis? I believe so. This is a marvelous message with these two metaphors. Francis, let's talk about the metaphors a little bit. Um, this is somewhat a review, a portion that we touched earlier in our study of Second Corinthians, but Witness Lee comes back to it now at about the midpoint uh, as he's uh, covering this material because he was very impressed with this matter. And a lot of people read this passage in Second Corinthians, I think, and don't have the realization that it really was a metaphor to uh, a conquering Roman general, wasn't it? Yes, this is a metaphor that Paul used to show where we really are after we come to know the Lord, that we were enemies. And uh, if you uh, get this metaphor of a Roman general who's gone into battle and he's defeated his enemy and he's captured his foes and made them a train, that he's leading all these foes in a triumphal procession back to the capital. This is a marvelous picture because we were enemies of Christ. We were captured by him. We were subdued by him, and we were gained by him, and were led in this procession. So this first one is a procession of the captured foes going willingly now and gloriously in a victorious march. And in that procession, we're also scattering the incense of life. And this is really marvelous. So we'll see more of this as we go on in this message. I think this metaphor helps so much. It's a vivid, rich picture that conveys a lot of profound similarities to our own experience of Christ and how really to see the Apostle Paul viewed himself as one who had been, uh, well, at one time he was an arch enemy, wasn't he? Yeah, he surely was. Going around and persecuting the church and binding those who called on the name of the Lord, but he became, in a sense, a leading one in this train. And he found out that all his persecution was against Jesus himself. Right. <laughs> so this really captured him. Well, as this message is presented today, Witness Lee links these two metaphors to what is established in chapter 1, the previous chapter. 
And without having this foundation, really, to have the experience of uh, all of these wonderful aspects that are conveyed in this metaphor, we first need the experience that is brought out in chapter 1, a verse also that we've covered previously, but let's go back to it. Chapter 1, verse 21 says, But the one who firmly attaches us with you unto Christ and has anointed us is God. Mm -hmm. So before all those positive, wonderful things, Francis, we need to be attached and anointed, don't we? That's right. This is number one. We have to be attached to this wonderful one. And we're attached to Christ, and we're in that attachment. We are also, as the verse says, we're anointed by God. Mm. And not only so, we are attached and anointed, but we are also sealed. This is the work of the triune God, attached to Christ, anointed by God, you might say the Father, and uh, sealed by the Holy Spirit. Wonderful picture. Well, let's join Witness Lee. You and I, we all need to be attached. Not individualistically. Paul says, we the apostles have been firmly attached with you. With you here should be together with you. This is the right meaning. Paul was not individualistic. He was not attached just individualistically, but with all the Corinthian believers. This is corporately. Attached. Hallelujah. Attached into whom? Attached into Crystal. God's anointed one. My. The Bible has told us already the entire ointment of God has been poured out upon God's anointed one. All the divine ointment is upon him. What God does is to attach, attach you and me, attach all together to this anointed one. Hallelujah. When we are attached to him, we are attached to the anointing. Following the attaching is the anointing. God has attached us and anointed us. Hallelujah. After being attached, surely you are spontaneously anointed. Anointed means you have been put into all the riches of the Triune God. Amen. The riches of the Triune God Amen. now are the ointment. And this ointment all have been poured out upon Christ. Amen. This is the anointing. When we are attached to Christ, we are under the anointing. So we are anointed. Amen. And this means we have been put into the practical enjoyment of all the riches of the Triune God. Francis, this uh, short verse that we read a moment ago, but the one who firmly attaches us with you unto Christ and has anointed us, conveys a wealth of uh, spiritual nourishment, enlightenment, and very rich meaning, doesn't it? It really does. It's marvelous to be attached to Christ means so much because Christ is God's anointed one. Right. Everything that God is, has, and has done and is doing is all in Christ as the anointed one. 
the ointment is on Christ. And when we're attached to him, we have the anointing. So this is a marvelous uh, revelation of where we are. When we're in Christ, we're attached to him. We have the anointing. We have all that we need supplied in this anointing. He pointed out that all of the uh, all of these riches are included in the anointing that was poured out upon Christ. Yeah. And his way is so marvelous. There's no need for God to go around and individually impart that same blessing on all of the believers. He just does it by this wonderful corporate attaching, doesn't that's he? That's right. And that's the reason we have to be clear that we're not attached individually. We're attached together with the apostles to Christ. So we get all the benefits of Christ, what he is as the anointed one of God. All the riches that are his are now ours, not individually, but corporately. This is one of those verses that I have found over the years in my uh, walk with the Lord has been especially beneficial to pray this verse. It seems to cause the Spirit to react and confirm and uh, uh, create faith, I think, within us as we pray such a verse. Would you agree this is a of course, we should pray every verse in the Bible, but verses like this can be a real help to us when we really mix them with our prayer and, and the Spirit joins in to produce faith. Amen. You can certainly say that because to pray, read this verse, just to pray this verse as you read it, he who firmly attaches us with you. I like the way Brother Lee emphasized that with you. Yeah. This is corporate. Unto Christ and has anointed us is God. Oh, what a wonderful prayer to pray to the Lord and how it stirs up our spirit when we really exercise our spirit to realize where we are attached to the anointed one and under the anointing and sealed also. That's right. That's where we're going in this coming portion. The next verse says, this is one that I would add to the prayer, he who has also sealed us and given the spirit in our hearts as a pledge. The sealing, as we'll find out in this portion, indicates that we now have been possessed. That's what the seal signifies, that we belong now to someone who has not only possessed us, but even has captured and is subduing us. Let's go back to Witness Lee. If you are going to leave Christ, you need to be attached to him. Under him, you enjoy the anointing. And this anointing is a signing, a seal, indicating that you have a possessor. After being attached to the anointed and being anointed into the riches of the triune God, and you got this as a seal, you have a lot. To live Christ, need to have Christ. Right. How to have Christ? Right. Attached, anointed, Amen. sealed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The pattern of living Christ for the church is such a person. Amen. Attached. Amen. Anointed and sealed. So this man has a lot of Christ to spend for the church. But even so, you still need to be captured. We need the grace. But these not willing to be captured happens. You better go back to the first three. Attached, Amen. anointed, Amen. sealed. Sometimes within me, an unveiling lies. Rose up, not to be captured. But I went back. Went back to what? Attached, Amen. subdued, Amen. sealed. I have no choice. This is my destiny. So that way, I got 
not only capture, but also subdue. Amen. Subdue. No opinion. No preference. No choice. You are subdued. I never regret. I had a good job when I was young. I was making good money. Christ came in. He just came in. Give up the job. Forget about this, forget about that. Then I said, how about this, how about that? A lot of, how about? Forget about, for my sake. Believe in me. And by that time, I had three children already. This is my concern. God would say, you forget about that. Whether they will die, they will leave, that's not your business. Leave that to me. When he demands us to do something, you be assured he is supplied. To leave Christ, this is not only demand. This implies a promise. No demand in the New Testament has no implication of the Lord's supply. The more he demands on you, the more he will supply you. To leave Christ. Amen. But you must be subdued. And you must be firstly captured. Captured by him. If I still remain in my job, in my business, that means I never got captured. I never got subdued. Well, Francis, uh, I don't know theologically how scholars have linked these two portions uh, that way, but experientially, there's an inescapable link, isn't there? Right. If, we, if we desire to be those who are captured and subdued, we have to, as he said in his own uh, testimony, go back to the first three, attached, anointed, and sealed. We have to start here. We have to be attached, anointed, and sealed, and particularly this matter of sealing. This means that we're owned by him that we have a seal of the Spirit in us, that we belong to Christ. And that seal means we're no longer in the slavery to Satan, nor to the world. We've been set at liberty to be free because we bear the seal and we have the anointing and we are attached to the anointed one. But now we have to realize that that's not just true of our being, but now we have been acquired Right. We've been sealed. Now we're being acquired. That means we're being captured and we're being subdued. And if we have this kind of experience of the Lord, we really are in a position then to serve him. What we'll see in a few minutes, what will happen with our going out and our living Christ day by day. We cannot live Christ just by a decision that I'm going to be better. We have to realize where we are. We've been purchased. We've been uh, we've been defeated. That is, we've been uh, set free, we've been sealed, so now we, we are owned by the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when, when we realize we're captured by him and we're subdued by him, that means he will take responsibility for everything that he asks us to do. Yeah, I wanted to pick up this point for just a moment here before we go on to this uh, last section. His his own uh, uh, account of his experience when the Lord called him to leave this good job and leave the primary responsibility, in a sense, for his wife and three children to the Lord. Because with the demand, once we're captured and subdued, based upon our being attached, anointed, and sealed, there's always a supply, isn't there? That's the marvelous thing about the Lord's way. He never requires something that he doesn't supply. Mm. 
Okay, we had uh, at the opening today the reference to these double metaphor, I would say, in verses uh, 14 through 16 in chapter 2. I want to come back and add to that uh, two previous verses because it will illustrate something that Witness Lee will highlight, I think, in this last section. Before we get to the uh, triumphal procession now, where all the captives are being led and have become the incense bearers, uh, scattering the fragrance of Christ, we have a couple of important verses. Paul said, Furthermore, when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and a door was opened to me in the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, for I did not find Titus my brother. But taking leave of them, I went forth into Macedonia. And as we have pointed out, Francis, uh, in previous broadcasts, this was an indication. Here was Paul on this missionary evangelical uh, journey expedition and a city that it was in his plan, uh, and the Lord opened the door, but Paul did not go through that open door because he was following uh, a different kind of leading, wasn't he? That's right. He didn't just go by the circumstances, but he went by the inward leading. He's being led by the Lord. So uh, as being led by the Lord, he was he was uh, compelled to go on. And where he went on, uh, we'll see what he does as he goes on. Everywhere he moves, there's a certain fulfillment of this metaphor that we had earlier, scattering the incense. Mm. All right, let's join Witness Lee for this last section. In verse 14, is a kind of all-inclusive expression in the metaphor. Always leads us in triumph. Paul didn't have any choice of God's leading. He was always led. Why? Because he considered himself as a captured captive, put into the celebrating procession, a procession of a victor to celebrate the winning, the victory, the triumph. How could such a captive have any choice? No choice. So he was willing to be led. Because of this, wherever Paul went, that was the Lord's leading. That was not a kind of evangelization. He was not going to travel through Asia Minor to carry out his evangelization. No, no, no. His trip to Asia Minor was God's procession. God's procession was advancing through those regions, through Antioch, through Asia Minor, through Macedonia, through Achaia, that means Eastern Europe, that means Greece. Paul was in that profession, led by God to scatter the incense of Christ by being attached, anointed, sealed, captured, subdued, and led. We scatter Christ. And this scattering is just living. We leave Christ. And Christ has incense, and Christ is the incense. When we scatter him, we scatter incense. And this incense has an effect. And this effect is the matter of life and death. Neither you be dying, or you be living. If you are one chosen by God, you'll be made living. Amen. If not, you'll be made die. Hallelujah. Amen. 
we can be such persons. Attached, anointed, sealed, captured, subdued, and lie to scatter the incense of Christ. Francis, uh, at the conclusion of this passage about the metaphor of the train of vanquished foes, it says, For we are a fragrance of Christ to God in those who are being saved and in those who are perishing, to some a savor out of death unto death, and to the others a savor out of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? This is marvelous, isn't it? To see how we've taken through this whole process of being attached to Christ and under the anointing, fully supplied, and then sealed, belonging to the Lord, and now we're being, as captured ones, we're being led in this long procession up to the time we we will uh, receive the reward or receive the punishment. Depends on whether or not we were really the captured ones and were led by him. So we are... As ones who have been captured and sealed and uh, now subdued under this train, we are just those who scatter the fragrance of Christ. Wherever we go, if we're in this train under his leading, we are the ones who are just scattering the riches of Christ everywhere we go. And that means those who receive him will be unto life. But those who reject the scattering, they will be punished unto death. So this fragrance that was spread by these apostles and by us even today, the fragrance of this life as we live Christ, it will be a savor of life unto life for the chosen ones or death unto death for the rejecting ones. I think many of us, even in our daily lives, not to compare uh, certainly our journey to that of the Apostle Paul's, but we've had some measure of experience of this, even when our living does manifest Christ. And oftentimes it comes from uh, our family members or those we're close to. Those who know the Lord, uh, it becomes a, a kind of a savor, a fragrance of life. But to those who have not accepted the Lord and even those who have rejected the Lord, it can become a real irritant, can it? Yes, that's right. If we're living Christ, we will have the same effect that Christ has. And he was rejected, also he was received. Mm. For those that received him, they were brought into life. For those that rejected him, they're headed for doom. Well, let's end on the life note, Francis. We (laughs) we trust that our listeners are those who have been chosen for the most part, and therefore uh, we trust and hope and pray that they are receiving a fragrance of life unto life. And to those who haven't yet received the Lord, we hope this could be a, a propelling to become one who would appreciate this kind of fragrance of Christ unto life. Amen. We need to be the God man, have the God man living. This way we will be a fragrance of Christ. Really so. Francis, I've enjoyed the the fragrance of Christ together with you as we have been attached and anointed uh, and sealed and uh, are in the process, at least, of being captured and subdued. I'm so thankful we're together. Me too, brother. Thank you very much. Well, our time is up. Quickly, we leave you our toll-free number. Hope you'll contact us today so you can get the printed messages that uh, accompanies this series of Life Study programs. We're in 2 Corinthians and just ask for the two-volume set. When you call, our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Join us again tomorrow. We'll continue with the Life Study of 2 Corinthians. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Here, Lord, we give.
Every Christian who has believed into Christ and received Him has a desire to grow in Him. The greatest hindrances to the experience of the growth in life are not outward circumstances and environmental hardships. Rather, they're a mind in need of renewing, a will in need of submission to God, and an emotion in need of stability. In the book, The Breaking of the Outer Man for the Release of the Spirit, Watchman Nee provides a clear picture of the need for the breaking of the outer man so that the life of Christ in our spirit can flow out as rivers of living water to refresh and build up the people of God. In a new and revised translation of this spiritual classic, Watchman Nee provides crucial insight into the biblical revelation of the necessity of the dividing of our soul from our spirit. The Breaking of the Outer Man for the Release of the Spirit is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling our toll-free number. That number is 1-888-543-3788.